0: I didn't think I was going to live this long. I had no plan for it because I have that feeling where it's like, you know, I'm not supposed to be alive right now. If I stay alive any much longer, I'm just going to hurt even more.
1: Trying, we are now on episode number sixty-six. I really appreciate everybody who has joined me on this podcast, everyone who has listened to these stories by these survivors. Now, we are talking about suicide. This may not be a good fit for everyone, so please take that into account before you listen. I do hope you listen because there is so much to learn. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at Suicide or on Facebook or Twitter at suicide noted and if you want to help us out even more hey let folks know about this podcast rate review and or subscribe on apple if that's where you listen to this and share it on social media and elsewhere all of it helps and all of it is appreciated today i am talking with Taddy and a little bit to her two-year-old son who's joining us for part of this conversation Taddy lives in arizona and she is a suicide attempt survivor How you doing? Pretty good. Do you remember how we found each other, how you found me, or how did that come about?
0: So recently, I went through a really bad time in my life,
1: literally just recently,
0: and me and my brother were actually talking, and I was telling him about how I've been feeling lately. We sort of started getting into the talk where like, um, well, you know, we think we're Sort of like borderline bipolar because we have a feeling our, our mom was bipolar. So we just started getting into talking about it. And then uh, he was telling me, Well, I listen to podcasts at work. That helps me. So I'm like, Okay. He's like, You know, just try it out to see how, how you feel about it. it so like, One morning from work, I just started going through, like, trying to see, like, I took his advice. I was like, I'll listen to podcasts. You know, screw it. And that's when I did up finding you guys. And I was like, oh, wow.
1: How old is your son? He's two. Oh, boy. Okay. So, yep. Yeah. Yeah, Tati's got her two-year-old son with her. <laughs> She's on yeah. mama duty in, in addition to podcast guest duty. Who was that conversation with? That was a, a family member?
0: Yeah, my brother.
1: All right, cool. So I'm glad you glad you found it. Do you have one attempt?
0: I have a few, yeah.
1: You have more than one? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I always sort of think about how I want to do this because it is part of the conversation. Do you want to talk about the first one? You can kind of do it how you want to do it. But my mind usually goes to let's go with the first one. Is that cool? Yeah.
0: All
1: right. So how did what happened there?
0: So the first attempt was actually when I was nine. I was going through a lot. At eight years old, I was sexually abused. And then at nine, sexually assaulted. And that's when I'm like, you know, this is just made my family really, really upset. So maybe I'm the problem. Mm. So I, uh, at the time, my brother, he was around four, got diagnosed with uh, severe asthma. So he had to be like on an air pump and all these type of pills. So I was like, you know what, I'm gonna take off my brother's medication. Didn't work out.
1: <laughs> Didn't work out.
0: <laughs> time alone. So I'm like, just trying to figure out how it is. Uh, finally, one night I ended up being really alone and I was like, you know what, it's nice tonight, I'm going to do it I'm just, you know, go for it. My cousin ended up coming home early and she was just like knocking and banging on the door. She's like, hey, hurry up, get out, you to go. And I'm like, she ended up finding the stash where I put the, the pills at. She told my mom, my mom got really upset and started yelling at me and I'm like, okay.
1: <laughs> so you, so you didn't take the pills?
0: No. I tried to, but she
1: ended up coming home before I could even get the chance. Right, wow. Yeah, I always ask people like, an attempt is whatever you think it is, right? You get to define what an attempt is. So for you, that was your first attempt?
0: That was my first attempt.
1: Got it. Um, But I don't need, so did anything, once your mom found out or anybody else find out did they freak uh, out? Did they send you to a hospital? Did they punish you? What happened?
0: My mom was furious. She was yelling at me. She was telling me I was being selfish. Like, what would happen to everybody here if I just, if they'd never found me or if nothing, when my cousin never came in? You know, it would just make everybody sad. So I'm like, not really what I wanted to hear, but okay. After that, she put me in therapy. And I stayed in therapy for a good few years. I'd say until I was at least 12 or 13. I don't remember much
1: of it at all. Your mom wanted you to go and you went. Did they find anything? And and I'm always wary of diagnoses, but did they end up saying, Tati, you have this and, you've, and you thought, yeah, that makes sense. I might have that.
0: Yeah, I was um, diagnosed with, Clinical depression, PTSD, anxiety, and a case of suicidal thoughts. My family is very Mexican, so they don't believe in all the mental illnesses. Like, oh, you're just having a bad day. Like,
1: Did you just say your family's very Mexican?
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know how you're more Mexican than another family, but I get it.
0: Because most um, Latino parents are like, oh, nothing's wrong. You know, she wants attention or you know, the religious type. Devil's in her, demon's daughter. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, it's probably within the same community. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the community that you were born in. After that, my mom told my dad and my dad told her that I had demons in me because my dad was very religious and I wasn't. So Wow. she has demons in her. We need to get her to a church. She needs mm-hmm. to be baptized. And I'm like, not going to happen. You didn't go. No,
1: never baptized.
0: No, I've been baptized when I was little, but gotcha. they wanted to re-baptize me so they could get all the, the demons. all the demons away from me.
1: You never thought you had demons? No. When you were nine, and I don't know if you remember this, And you were dealing with all you were dealing with, though. You might not have a name for it then, right? You might not have (laughs) the word PTSD. So you kind of answered it like you thought you were the problem. It was your fault, right? That's a big burden to carry when you're nine. Yeah. So you go to therapy until you're 12. And then what happens? Because I know part of the story is we're getting to another attempt at some point.
0: Yeah, when um, I was 12, we ended up moving. So, um, therapist was no longer nearby. So, my mom's like, you know, how are you feeling? You think you can go without therapy for a little while? Um, at the time, I'm like, yeah, you know, it should be fine. New school, it's going to be really cool. You know, I'm going to meet a lot of new people, meet a lot of new friends. And I was just really excited. I was like, you know, I can finally start over. It's new, it's brand new, but it didn't happen that way. So, I ended up going to the new school. I got picked on a lot. Uh, the entire school ended up calling me a whore. Well, it was really funny because the person who started it wanted to sleep with me, but because I didn't let him, he told everybody that I did and ended up the whole school just calling me a whore. And how old so, were you? I was 12.
1: 12? How Twelve. old was he? He was 12. Is that a thing at 12 years old? I'm sorry. Maybe I'm I am like.
0: I didn't know. I didn't even know what sex was until, you know, my mom actually had to sit down with me at 13 and talk to me about it. And I was like, Oh,
1: okay. And all this time when you, you're old school, your new school. Are you in Arizona? Yes. Arizona. All right. So the whole school is calling you those names. What happens? Cause I would imagine that's not easy.
0: It's not. Um, the depression grew, the anxiety grew. Um, This time, though, I didn't really talk about it much. I just stayed in my room the whole time. My mom was really stressing out, so I'm like, I don't need to stress her out even more. I'm just going to stay in my room and, you know, just listen to some music. And that was pretty much all I did for the remaining of um, middle school. I was not really looking forward to high school. I was like, oh, you know, I shouldn't even have lived this far. So, you know, we're just going to keep going day by day, see see how things turn out.
1: When you were, I'm just curious in middle school and you're listening to music, what, what kind of music are you talking about?
0: Mainly it was Demi Lovato.
1: Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Always been a huge fan. Still a huge fan. I love her till this day. She's just always been there for me. So I'm like, Demi's my girl always has been.
1: Yeah. And she's big into the, into the talking about mental health stuff, right?
0: Yeah.
1: Now you're in high school.
0: Um, High school was actually really great. It was really fun. You know, things weren't as bad as I expected them to be. I was like, I was making friends. I was in a community that really welcomed me. You know, they were really open arms and uh, I was a a choir student. A lot of those kids were like dealing with the same things I dealt with, which felt really cool because it's like, you know, we can support each other in different ways that I didn't get support at home. Overall, it was really cool. There were a few things that were, like, not so much that okay. Ended up having my first heartbreak in school. Bless you.
1: Heartbreak sucks.
0: Yeah. I say freshman year was my hardest year, mainly because that was the year um, somebody called CPS on my family. They called CPS because of me, and I didn't know this. They were telling CPS that I was cutting myself. I was being neglected. And I wasn't cutting myself. I'm like a wimp when it comes to sharp things. Never went that route.
1: Any idea why they why they called?
0: I don't know. We still don't know till this day. My mom suspected it was my dad just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. taking me away from her. So mm. till this day, we still don't know. It was really hard. Um, my mom kept saying that, like, oh, you just wanted to leave the house. You don't want to be here anymore. And I'm like, it's not that I don't want to be here. It's that. You know I didn't do anything she's like well they called about you so you had to be talking about stuff at school and I'm like I didn't talk about anything I'm I'm happy at school you know I love school school's my my place to be away from home she was like no no you're just talking I was like I wasn't talking she ended up telling me she was just gonna call the CPS lady she'd like just to take you so that way because you don't want to be here no more and I was like not what I said but okay through The years the depression kept getting worse and worse, but um, I recently had to go back to therapy. I went to therapy for two years because I was 16. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. Through those years, I developed trust issues, so I really didn't trust the therapist. I was like, no, not gonna happen. To top that off, I told my therapist like just a made up story. I was like, you know what, I want to see if this is true or not. She's really gonna tell my mom. So, I told her a completely made up story. Like, me and my friends were getting high, we skipped school, you know, just the things that I normally don't do. Next day, my mom's yelling at me. She's screaming at me. And I'm like, what is going on? She's like, you told your therapist that you're smoking and you're skipping class. And I'm like, this is why I don't trust my therapist. I told her a story that wasn't for real. And she told you. Mm-hmm. So, how am I going to tell her something? And it's going to go back to you. And then you just flip out over it.
1: Right. So you can't trust her. So you didn't, you never told her much.
0: I never told her pretty much anything. All I just talked to her about was my day and right. how depression was low or high. And that's pretty much about
1: it. So probably not making any real progress with respect to treating your depression. No. Right. Um, so you do that for two years. That's a long time to be just talking about how your day is.
0: Trust me. I'm yes. the only girl of five of uh, five kids. So it was used to me just, yeah, my day was pretty good. This happened yeah. today. It's really normal for me. It was just like, oh, I have to say it twice today. That was just pretty much about
1: it. Outer you, the one you're presenting to the world, is having a very different reality or experience in the world quite differently than the inner you, the one you're not presenting, the one you're actually living and experiencing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all have that, but yours sounded like, wow, okay.
0: Yeah. High school, senior year for me was when I met his dad. We, I was fresh out of high school, finally graduated Proved my entire family wrong, was like, because they were telling me you're not going to graduate, you're not going to do it, you're going to have to get your GED. And I told everybody, I was like, no, I'm going to graduate. I'm going to graduate on time. I'm going to make sure I block that stage and I'm going to rub it in everybody's faces. Which is exactly what I did. And I was that was like one of my proudest moments in my life. I'm like, you know, I did it. I told you guys I was going to do it.
1: Hell yeah. As I've learned, you'll tell me if I'm not correct here, ch- these achievements they do feel good. But man, if you're dealing with depression, whatever it looks like for you, you still have depression. Yeah. Now, I mean, is that accurate for you? I don't want to put words in your mouth.
0: No, it, it is. Um, that day of my graduation was uh, actually my depression ended up hitting that day that morning. And I was like, please no! like, today's supposed to be a happy day. got would be happy today, you know? We are walking, we're, you know, it's good. And my brain was just like, no, i want to be sad today. And I'm like, I don't want to be you know, it's, it's a happy day.
1: Is that um, what your depression would feel like? Because it really does ma- sort of manifest differently. And yeah. I'm, I'm not a therapist. I'm not a professional. But, you know, some people stay in bed all day, right? Other people do this or that. Like, what was it like for you? Or teenage it- years, middle school
0: years, I stayed in bed all day. That was just me. Um, as I became more of an adult, more as a parent, it was like, "All right, today we're not feeling good, but we can't sit around and we can't lay down. We gotta get up and we gotta go do something."
1: Yeah.
0: Um, then I'll drive myself insane, and I'm like, "I can't, I can't do this."
1: Your first attempt was at nine. How old were you for the second
0: one? For the second attempt, I was
1: fourteen. We skipped uh- over that. <laughs> How did we skip over that? The whole show is called Suicide Noted.
0: Well, it was like more like um, a thought than it was an attempt.
1: All right. Um, so it sounds like you were having some, I you had said to yourself like suicidal thoughts, but I imagine sometimes it just got more intense.
0: Yeah. After I had met his dad after senior year, I ended up finding out I was pregnant. Right. And I'm like, um, I'm not ready. I'm living on my brother's couch, just got my first job.
1: 18 and, years old.
0: Yeah. He's still in high school. Like, you know, he was a second year senior. We're not ready for this. We're not ready to have the kid. And he proceeded to tell me, well, if you get an abortion, I'm leaving. I'm like, I don't, I'm not ready for this. I'm not ready to be a mom. I'm not ready to bring a child into this world and live on a couch for the rest of my life. And he proceeded to tell me, we're going to be a family, you know, we're going to be this amazing family. I'll get a new job. You know, I'll do this. I'll do that. Because I believed him because I'm like, you know what, fine, you know, maybe we can actually do this. I decided to keep him. Um, I had no attachment to him whatsoever. I was like, nope. Thought about just having a baby, giving him to his dad and leaving and then they were hearing from me again. Thoughts of me walking in front of a bus just so that way I didn't have to go through this because I knew what happened during pregnancy, especially with women who already struggle with depression and anxiety and PTSD and all these other things. I already knew what was going to happen to me. I'm like, that's going to get worse. I'm going to get really bad. And, you know, the postpartum depression is going to hit me really, really hard. After that, six months came by. His dad ended up leaving me. You know, you're the one that wanted this baby in the first place. And now you're going to leave. He's like, yeah, I'm not ready to be a dad. Like, I told you that. <laughs> I told you that countless times. I ended up laying down on my mom's couch crying because I'm like, you know, I have a baby. I don't want it, just not ready for it. And his dad left me. So then that time that I was crying, he rubbed the inside of my belly and told me, you know, it's gonna be okay, I'm here. Who's he? This one right here. He did that? Yep.
1: Then you had an attachment.
0: That's when the attachment came. You're mine, you're all mine.
1: So the uh, audience, it's a podcast. They cannot see Tati. Tati's holding her son who is, I think, sleeping, which is kind yeah. of good for the podcast because he was crying. There definitely seems to be an attachment because he is all over his mother. Um, so in that moment on the couch, he sent you a sign. And you, since then, I don't know, has it been mostly like what I see here?
0: Yeah, mostly. He's the biggest part of my life. And from that moment on, like you know what, you're not going to step up. I got to step up. I'm going to go find a job. I went back to school. I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do everything for you. You deserve that because you know you didn't deserve to have this. A month went by, and I was going to work at like one o'clock in the morning till six o'clock in the morning. Came home, um, slept for a while. School was at 7 p.m. I had to walk all the way to school, take the light rail, take the bus, and that was pretty far from where I live. So it was a two hour bus ride, so I did that. While pregnant, after coming off of a full shift, and I'm like, you know, sucks, but I gotta do it. I gotta do it for him. Gotta make sure he's well taken care of. His dad came back. His dad's like, you know, I'm ready, ready to be a dad. I wanna, I wanna be there for you guys. So me being, you know, young and struggling, I'm like, fine. I'll give you a second chance. You know, we'll work this out. Second chance came. He. Changed a little bit to get enough to get me off his back. And then the cheating started. Everything started happening more and more. I'm just like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing it. The more and more my family was like, You don't have anywhere else to go. Just take him back. Deal with it. I'm like, I don't want to deal with it. No, I'm better than this. I don't deserve this. And they're like, Just deal with it. Um, finally, it stopped. And then two weeks later, he was born. Wow was born on valentine's day
1: 2019 yep okay and so is his dad still in the picture
0: yeah he is um not we're not together but he still we co-parent or at least we tried to after that we ended up moving in together and that's when the anxiety got worse that's when the depression started getting even worse that's when you know, just everything was just spiraling out, and I found out his dad was cheating on me more.
1: So you have one one child only, right? Only one. Right. So you co-parent with his father, but you're not together. No. Do you still go to therapy, or just stop that?
0: Um, I recently went back to therapy uh, last month because while I was with his dad, uh, a whole different side of me came out. I didn't recognize myself. I was more aggressive. Um, I would physically hurt his dad. You would hit him? Yeah. It was more like, because me, when I'm upset, I'm the person who, you need to leave me alone. I need to be left alone. Like, I need to go calm down. Dad was like, no, you're not leaving. We need to talk about this now. And I'm like, you need to move out of my way. So, to try to get him out of the way, I would hit him so he moves so I can leave. So his dad would be like, she's always hitting me. She's always doing this. And I'm like, you know, I told you, I did before, leave and get out of my face. Because not, I was going to get aggressive. So just the fact of seeing that person and I'm like, you know, it's it's me. I'm a person who, I never hurt people. I wouldn't even hurt, you know, an insect. I'm, I'm yeah. the sweetest you'll ever meet. And for me to realize, like... This is not what I want. This is not right for my son. My son's crying in the next room, you know, and it's, it it was really bad. So I'm like, I I need to go home. I called my mom, like, mom, can I come back home? I asked her if it was okay, if I can come back home. I came back home. I told his dad, I'm like, we're done. We're not doing, I'm not coming back to you. I can't keep doing this. You know, it's not healthy for our son. It's not healthy for me. And I don't want to be with you. I got back home. Gave it, like, a month of being home. My mom was on me. You need to put my child to court. You need to take custody. You need to keep, keep, take his son from you. I'm like, I don't want to do that. That's still his son. As much pain as he caused me, that's not my right to take him from his dad. You know, if he wants to leave and say, Mom, I don't want to be with my dad anymore. Fine, you know, you go talk to your dad about that. Let him know that dad, you know, I think it'd just be better if I stayed with mom and whereas my mom was like no no you need to put him on child support you need to do this you need to take him I'm like, I don't I don't want to do that and the more I kept progressing the more she kept getting aggressive about it the more it brought me down because I'm like mom I'm not I don't want to do this right now okay my son just came home from being gone for me for a week I just want to be here with him she's like yeah you can have him every day if you got custody I'm like mom it's his son. I'm not going to take him from him. That's just that. I stayed with my mom for about six months before I just, I couldn't do it anymore. I'm like, I'm not, can't stay here. I can't breathe. I ended up losing my job and it was hard to find a new, job, a new job. So it took me, I'd say about a month to find a new job. And my parents were on me like, oh, you can't go to sleep until you find a job. You can't do this until you find a job. You can't go out until you find a job. And I'm like, "Um, I don't want to be in the house. (laughs) So they're like, they're just really on me. And I'm like, I understand. I need to find a job. I get it. You know, I'm a mom, but you guys telling me this and keeping me here against my will is not going to help me at all. Right. In our family. It's like, once you have a child, you don't matter. That child matters. Hmm your life revolves around that child you can't go out until they're old enough to take care of themselves you know you don't have mental issues you don't have time you don't you don't have any time for mental issues because if you have time for your mental issues who has time for your son's mental issues
1: real quick i don't think that's how it works
0: yep you're telling me
1: i know we we know that so okay
0: i uh Moved in with my brother, who uh, was talking to me about the pad- the podcast. He's been a lot more lenient with me. He understands that, you know, you have the baby you need to take care of. So you focus on finding a job first. You focus on doing that. Then you can mm-hmm. take care of whatever you need to care. Like, okay, you know, thank you. I really appreciated my brother. Um, at this time, me and my son's dad were on good terms, I would say. Like, we weren't arguing or yelling at each other. And so I had asked him, I'm like, hey, you know, can you take him for like an extra week so I can find a job and, you know, get everything situated before he comes back home? And he said, yeah, you know, no problem. I can totally do that. I'm like, you know, thank you. I really appreciate it. The week after he had taken my son for that extra week, I had asked him, hey, you know, can you bring him over? And he told me, he was like, why would I bring him over to his mom, who basically gave him up? And I'm like, I told you to take him for a week. I didn't give him up, and he's like, technically did. Like, where is this coming from? Like, I've been nice. I've, you know, nothing's been going wrong. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand what's going on. He finally brought him back, and he was just getting in my face. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this. And I went inside. Um, Finally, his mom called me, and she was telling me, she's like, Oh, I wanted to take my son to Mexico for a month. And I'm like, not happening. (laughs) No way is that happening. She, me and his dad talked about it and he said, well, how about I keep him for a month? You keep him for a month since I won't have anybody to take care of him for a month while I'm while my mom's in Mexico. So I told him, I'm like, you know, that's that's fine. I can do that. That's, you know, that's okay. I don't mind him being over there for a month just as long as I can, you know, video chat him every day. He's like, yeah, yeah, you know, not a problem. So I'm like, okay, you know, that works. When I told him, I was like, but, you know, we'll do our week to week in June. I'll get him for July, then you get him for August. He basically went a little crazy on me. He told me, no, I don't want to do that. I want him for June, keep him for July. I'm like, but your mom's not leaving until July, so I don't know why we need to do that. And uh, he came to pick him up for his week. And he was telling me, if I don't get July, we're going to court. We're going to go and I'm going to try to get custody over him. Now, he knows that I don't like court. Court gives me anxiety. Court stresses me out. He ended up telling me that it just, like, made my depression, my anxiety ten times worse. Because this is somebody threatening me to take my child from me.
1: And Tati, when was this?
0: This was last month.
1: Last month? Okay.
0: Last month. Okay. I told him, I'm like, that's fine. You know, we'll go to court. That's fine with me. And he already knows, like, I'm more of a barker than I am a biter. So I'm like, I'm going to let him think that I'm just barking for now, and I'm going to give him that month so that when we do go to court, I can show the judge. He does this. He knows my mental health issues. He knows my history with it. Right. And he uses it to get his way every single time. He ended up getting the month that he wanted. And I figured, I'm like, you know what? It's probably better because I just started out with my job. You know, I'm going to be making some extra money. So that time he gets home, he has new clothes, he has diapers, he has this, he has that. He's everything he needs when he gets home. Then that month, though, because he was gone from me for so long, it was really hard on me. Things were just getting really, really bad because, you know, I was just in a really, really low place. And that's two weeks ago, that's when I decided.
1: You know what? I'm going to kill myself. That's it. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Hang on one sec. So when you're thinking this way, and I don't know if you can answer this question. Right. I know you're thinking about your son, right? So how are you reconciling this? One On one hand, you're like, I'm out, right? Mm-hmm. But it's pretty obvious that you adore your son. So how do you, what's going through your head there with that?
0: Well, it went through my head was like, you know what? He's already with family right now. Okay. He's yep. not here to witness it. He's not here to see it. Right. And I trust his son's family or his dad's family. I just don't trust his dad. Mm-hmm. So I know if I were to leave, they would take care of him in the best way they possibly could. At that point in time, I accepted. I'm like, he's better off You know, his fine.
1: So two weeks ago, let's talk about that if you're okay with it. What what happens then?
0: I had just recently turned 21. So, you know, big started drinking more. My old co-workers came over because we had um, to go hang out for one of our other co-workers' friends' birthdays that night. And then uh, a few of us came back to my house and I'm like, you know what, you guys want to drink? They're like, fine, you know, let's drink, It's it. So we continued to drink, and I'm a very lightweight. So the more and more I drank, the more and more like it just became clear. Like you know what? Yeah, today's the day. I'm we'll gonna do it. Tonight's the night. One of my friends was driving, and we were taking another friend home. And at one point, I ended up blacking out. Which I can't say like I blacked out. It was more like I don't know. Like something came over me, and I pulled the wheel. I grabbed the wheel out of my friend's hand, and I just pulled
1: it. Was that the attempt? Do you think?
0: Yeah, that it was the attempt.
1: <laughs> and you're taking someone out with you, maybe?
0: Technically, yes, but um, I'm not one to wear seatbelts. They they are they wear seatbelts all the time, so it's more like no, we get hit. I'm the one going flying. They're just probably going to get a few scratches.
1: You move the wheel.
0: I moved the wheel, and I just I was just sitting there, very very calm, as they were screaming because they couldn't get my hand off the wheel, and then finally he uh, he ended up grabbing the wheel out of my hand and we almost ended up hitting the wall and as soon as he took the wheel from my hand I just snapped back into reality like oh wow
1: you know what you know what some of your family members who are believers would say in that moment what possessed you right that's what they would
0: say <laughs> oh yeah most definitely
1: wow so how how does your friend respond to you is he like what the fuck Taddy?
0: yeah he was like why'd you grab the wheel like I'm just like I don't know I had to do it and they like stopped and they just looked at me because they they know that I struggle with depression and anxiety so they were asking me you know are you okay and I'm like yeah yeah completely fine not letting them know but telling them at the same time like you no, know, hey life's kind of sucky right now. I don't really want to be here. <laughs> so me grab the wheel real quick. Uh, I came home and I told my brother what happened. And he's like looking at me and I'm like, yeah, you know, Jesus didn't take the wheel. I thought he did. And he's mm-hmm. like, that's not something you should joke about. <laughs> I'm like, I know, but it, it comforts me to joke about it, I guess. Doesn't it doesn't really make me feel bad about doing it, even though I should, but I don't really have time for it.
1: So that was only two weeks ago. So what's changed since then, if anything?
0: Nothing's changed, honestly. It's more like that was the closest I've ever been to death. And what scared me about it was how accepting I was of it. You know, wow, I'm I'm really ready to go. Because the more I kept thinking about it, the more it's like, you know, I really have nothing going for my life right now. I'm just a mom. And you know, I work at a fast food restaurant. That's pretty much my life. And I'm back at square one living on my brother's couch.
1: What were you studying at that school you went to?
0: Um, I was going into massage therapy when I kept when I told my brother about it, we were talking about it. He he had asked me at what point in time did you feel that you didn't like you didn't feel any of this like, when you were actually happy? At what point in time was that? And I had told him when I had gone on a little vacation with my girls to uh, California, we went to the beach, you know, it was, it was really it was amazing. And he's like, why do you think you were happier over there? I'm like, I guess it's because, you know, I don't have all my problems over there. I'm, I'm afraid I can do what I want. I didn't have to worry about a baby screaming, the baby needing to be fed, changed what my mom would say because he went with his dad, what his dad would say because, you know, he didn't take a shower. Maybe you should go on another vacation. Maybe that's what you need.
1: Yeah. When you go back to when you were nine years old and then two weeks ago, how many people in the entire world, family, friends, therapists, doctors, coworkers know that you attempted suicide?
0: For my first attempt, my entire family knew because my mom told everyone. Gotcha. My second attempt, everybody knew. my mom again told everyone. This most recent one, my brother and my boyfriend, as well as one of my roommates, know the reason why. I don't, I'm not really too open on it, mainly because when I did try to talk to my mom about, you know, the more and more depressed I kept getting, the more anxiety I got, the more she was like, what's the matter? And I'm like, I, I don't know something has to be wrong. I'm like, nothing's wrong. It's just, it's just getting worse. She's like, no, something has to happen. And I'm like, it's not how it works. So she's like, well, do you need to go back to therapy? And I'm like, I don't, I don't know, maybe that's when I finally decided to go back. Cause I'm like, I've never been this bad before. And I really think maybe I should go back and actually try to talk about it recently my therapist has been gone because she went on a trip or something through before that we only been talking for i think about almost a month it was just been mostly about um how i'm handling my depression how i'm handling my anxiety and Mm -hmm. usually i handle it the same way i watch my shows starbucks is a real help (laughs) she's uh she told me it was actually good that i went to starbucks because usually starbucks is my treat because i never really get anything for myself now that i'm a mom
1: Hey Daddy, is that is your son making a sound?
0: Yeah, he's snoring.
1: Oh, oh okay. I was wondering. I'm like, he's a loud snore, isn't he? Yeah, we all are <laughs> in <our>
0: family.
1: <laughs> uh what did your boyfriend say? I mean, it's interesting, right? Like his girlfriend attempted suicide. That could be for some guys, like, whoa, right?
0: Yeah, he was really upset about it. He was like, What's going on? Why didn't you come talk to me about this? And, I just, because my, my boyfriend, he's in the military, he's in the Navy, so he's not here, told him, like, you know, you have a lot of stuff going on over there, and I didn't want to bother you with my things, he's like, it doesn't matter what I have going on over here, if you need to talk to me, you need to talk to me, so I'm just like, yeah, but he's like, I know you know that I don't like talking about stuff like that, but if that's what you need, I'm, I'm here. Yeah, but I'm not used to having people here. I'm not used to the, oh, let's talk about our feelings kind of thing. I'm more used to, you know, like, why do you feel that way? Uh... You know, you shouldn't be feeling that way. You're a mom or you shouldn't feel that way. You have so much to look for.
1: I have heard a lot of people say things around, you know, how you how you shouldn't feel or how you should feel. I've actually never heard anyone say you shouldn't feel that way because you're a mom. That's really interesting to hear.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. So you're going to therapy. It sounds like you're starting to actually talk with this person as opposed to the past time, right? Where it really were. Yeah. Are they recommending any sort of medication?
0: No, I did go on medication for my anxiety one time because I do have social anxiety. I wanted to be able to go out and sit at a restaurant by myself and eat. But when I went on to the medication, it was really affecting my job because I had one of the side effects, which was sleepiness. So I kept falling asleep at work, so I couldn't take my medication. And the more I didn't take it, the higher my anxiety grew. And it was just really, it wasn't working for me, so I had to stop taking it. When she had asked me if I wanted to go back on medication, I told her, I really don't want to. Mainly because of, one, I don't know how it's going to affect me. Two, I don't know if it's going to make me into a zombie and my son doesn't need to zombie. Or three, you know, his dad can use that against me in court and try to take my son from me.
1: So the medication ends up making things worse, man.
0: Pretty much is what I'm afraid of because um, my biggest fear is his dad taking it from me. And his dad knows that and he will try to use that to his very will as he pleases. Cause he knows that that's the one thing that makes me break the most.
1: Mm. Sounds like there's a little gaslighting going on there sometimes too, maybe.
0: Oh yeah. His dad's a complete narcissist. He loves to gaslight me. At uh, one point he wanted to get back with me and I told him I didn't feel anything towards him that if we were to get back together, I would cheat on him as much as I wanted to. And I would not care. And he just kept telling me, you know, you want to be back with me. I'm like, I really don't. He's like, Yeah, you do. You really do want to be back with me. I'm just like, I don't. I don't. I don't love you. Like, what we had is gone. It was toxic. It was horrible. That person that was with you was not me. I'm the I'm the sweet, really nice person that you can come talk to if you need comforting. I'm not the person who's gonna yell at you, scream at you, hit you you know, buy your head off because you told me the wrong thing. And that's who I ended up becoming when I stayed with you.
1: Yeah. You said that one thing that helps is watching certain television shows.
0: Yeah. I usually, like I'll watch Grey's Anatomy. I've been on that recently. I've been on Shameless too.
1: From what you shared, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of people in your life to really talk to. And when I say that, I mean, someone you can talk to, someone who will listen, someone who will engage with you in a way where, you don't feel worse after talking with them. Maybe you feel a little better. Like how maybe, many people are there in your life for you like that?
0: Maybe like one. And that has to be my brother. Usually it's because my big thing is I don't, I don't like crying. I don't mm-hmm. like crying with people. I don't like, you know, crying in general. Um, so like the less I talk about it, the less likely I am to cry about it. And I told my brother, it's it's a little weird. Cause when I do cry, I only cry for five minutes. Because as soon as like the waterworks start happening, my brain's like, hey, you know, we need to shut these off. What's going on? This is no, you know, we're weak right now. We shouldn't be showing people that we're weak. Five minutes goes by and then boom, I immediately stop crying. Whatever tears are on my face, I wipe off. My face could be red and I'll just go out through my day like nothing happened.
1: Uh, You have a son who is two. He's cute. Uh, He snores loud. He almost wasn't born. Yeah. You attempted suicide very recently. Yeah you think you're going to try again, or is it too soon to know?
0: Honestly, uh, I do. Yeah.
1: Hmm. Why do you say that?
0: I honestly was not supposed to live this long, uh, let alone have a child. I was supposed to be gone from this world. So, you know, just going through life, not knowing what I'm supposed to be doing, if I can even provide for my child, if he's probably better off without me. Is more like, you know, is what's pretty much keeping me in that state of mind.
1: Yeah. Why do you think that you were not supposed to be here?
0: You know how most kids just have their their plan, like, oh, you know, when I get older, I want to be firefighter. When I get older, I want to do this. I want to do that. Or when they asked me that question, I honestly told them I didn't know. I didn't think I was going to live this long. I had no plan for it. I had no idea yeah. what I wanted to do because. I have that feeling where it's like, you know, I'm not supposed to be alive right now because if I stay alive any much longer, I'm just gonna hurt even more. so it's it's been scaring me because I'm like, well, you know, I just got my son back, and you know, I can't stand to be away from him. It tells me to like, you know, do I really want to do this? And then that like a louder voice in my head's like, we really shouldn't have been here for this long. And I'm just like, yeah, you know what? You're kind of right.
1: I'm thinking about what you just said and the fact that you first tried when you were nine, I'm wondering, like, do you think it's possible that you were kind of born this way? Like when I say that, I mean, almost like destined to feel this way of like, I'm not supposed to be here.
0: Kind of mainly because when my mom told me about what happened when she was pregnant with me, my dad was cheating on her in front of the door or in front of her window, she's seen it. She was put on bed rest because I was a slip out baby. So when she got up to go beat the crap out of my dad, I slipped out. When the doctors came, I ended up having the umbilical cord wrapped around my neck. I honestly don't think I was supposed to live.
1: I only have a couple more questions. And I really appreciate you talking. And especially, are you in a bathroom?
0: Yeah, it's the only <laughs> quiet place right now.
1: No, 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 it's fine you've got to get creative. We worked out a time to talk. You've got your son. So I appreciate it. Especially given what you just shared. If I or somebody else could be Tati for a day or a week, right. Be every, just be you, right. Your mind, your body, your soul, all of it. What do you think is the most surprising thing we would find out? Like the kind of thing, maybe I should be clear with that question. You know, the kind of thing where you wish people could understand, but they'll never understand unless they were you.
0: Geez, I'd say it'd have to be the amount of love that I have for people instead of the amount of love I have for myself. The amount of people that I allow to walk over me, most people are really surprised about it. Mm. Mainly because it's like when people look at me, they're like, oh, you seem like one of those people who, you know, you don't take anything from anyone. And I'm like, I beg to differ on that. Like me, it's even weird for me. And I am thought thing. it's like, you know, I have all this love for all these people. And yet I still just, it's mad at it to me if they end up crying because I left.
1: Yeah, it's complicated. It's not it's not so clear in black and white, right? This stuff is complicated. Yeah. If you could talk to somebody who's hearing this, and maybe they're like you are, or maybe they're like you were when you were younger. I realize you don't know them. You don't know the mm-hmm. details of their life at all, but you know some some of what they're going through or were going through is similar to yours. Is, is there anything you might want to say to them? I know it's a tough question, but I figured I'd just ask you.
0: Honestly, if you're dealing with the people that I've dealt with, pack your bags and leave. Like they say, it's always sunnier, or greener on the other side, and it sometimes really
1: is. Last, last question, and then I'll leave it up to you to add anything else you want. If somebody out there, this is another one of these, if, if somebody out there, hears this type of question and they are not a, a tatty or they're like you, but the Tati is in someone like Tati is in their life. Right. Mm-hmm. And they want to be able to connect with this person or support this person or love this person. And they're not sure how to, again, you don't know them. So we're generalizing, but any words for them?
0: Don't judge. Don't yell. Don't scream. Just sit there and listen and don't try to understand. Just try to hear them out and give them, you know, open arms to come to. Accept them for who and what they are.
1: Good thoughts. Good thoughts. Tatty in Arizona. Did I, have I been pronouncing your name correctly? Tati? Yeah. All right. Is that short for something?
0: Tatiana.
1: I figured. Tatiana.
0: Yeah. I don't really like using my my full
1: name. Thanks to Blueface. Super big thanks for joining me and for being so open. I really appreciate it. I'm sure people that hear it will feel the same way. Thank you for having me. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you to you. Thank you to your son and, uh, and we'll connect soon.
0: Okay. Thank All you. Right.
1: Have a good day, Taddy. Take care.
0: You too.
1: As always, thanks so much for listening and all of your support. And special thanks to Taddy out in Arizona. If you are a suicide attempt survivor and you'd like to share your story, I'd love to talk. Please reach out. Hello at SuicideNoted.com or on Facebook or Twitter at SuicideNoted. And if you'd like to support us through Patreon, check out the show notes for that link. Thank you so, so much. That is all for episode number 66. Stay strong. Do the very best you can.